Hello and welcome to this week's Runner by Runner preview of the Group 1 Golden Rose, brought to you by our friends at Zedbet in the zone. I'm your host Nick Barber, filling in for a few of our troops who are missing in action, presumably thanks to the Melbourne earthquake this morning. Filling in for the Nook is form guru Jack Fitzpatrick. Fitzy, how are things? I'm just happy to be called a form guru, uh, Barbs, and also happy to have survived my first earthquake, as you said. So, um, <laughs> look, it was certainly different, but uh, kind of cool to experience, and hopefully everyone out there is okay. You're seeing a few things on social media about damage around Melbourne, but hopefully everyone's okay. Now, there's a clear favourite in the race. Hard to imagine you not being on run to the Rose winner, Animo. Uh, do you think one of the challenges can shake things up? Look... That's not a bad pun to start off with. It took me a little while to get that. Uh, we'll get into Animo in a sec. Um, I do think he's going to be very hard to beat. He's a favourite. He's a favourite for a reason. As you know, I've been a fan of his for a while. Um, I've personally thought that he was the best two-year-old last year as well. So, um, look, we'll get into him in a sec. But um, you probably want me to go through the speed map first, I'd imagine, Barbs? Yes, please. Well, this is the query with the race for mine. In the Congo looks to be the only leader in the race. In fact, he's the only horse who's led at any stage in their past five starts. Now, uh, he has ran well when he's lead, led over the last couple, including last start when he was just second to Animo, when Animo only picked him up inside the final 50 metres. Every other runner, I can't see really pushing forward and putting the pressure on. Tiger of Malays had second last start, but he's drawn gate four here. So I imagine he's going to like to take a sit and probably get run of the race. Even the runners outside, where sometimes you think they might come across and put a bit of early speed on, they all look to go back. Giannis, Rosal, and Halal, I imagine they want to go back, same as Artorias. I think Remark is going to get a really nice run just off them from gate five. Animo is probably going to try and get his back. Uh, potentially a tricky draw for Animo, gate eight. But as I said, I reckon this could potentially be a slowly run race within the Congo, the only leader. And if so, might make it hard to come from the back barbs. Okay, it's time to turn our attention to each of the runners. Horse number one, the clear favourite in Animo. As I said, winner of Run to the Rose. Is it a question of how Animo loses this race? Pretty much, to be honest. Um, you could almost put the betting on how far he wins by. If we get a fair track, now this is another query. We're racing at Rose Hill um, this weekend. Now, we haven't raced at Rose Hill for a while due to the lockdown restrictions in Sydney. The rail's in the true position. We're going to get a good track. If we get a race that is dictated to by in the Congo, as I said, potentially on the firm ground, it could be hard to make ground. That's my question mark. If we get a fair track and all horses get even luck, he wins this race. He's the best horse in it. As I said, he's the horse that, in my opinion, was the best two-year-old. He should have won the Golden Slipper. He probably should have won the Blue Diamond as well. He wins them with a barrier. Dominant in the size. And then he's running the run to the rows. He was first up off a minor setback. He was giving the others weight fitness. He was giving a few of the others weight in the race, and he still beat them. Now he gets out second up to 1,400, which is a better trip for him. I don't think any of them can turn the tables, mate. Horse number two is Friedman-trained Artorias, ridden by Jason Collett. Yeah, brings a bit of a different form. He is the Blue Diamond winner. So crucially, when he won that Blue Diamond, Barbs, he did beat Animo. So, um, you know, that obviously ties him in. He was disappointing as a favourite last time. He was $1.60 at Flemington and got rolled. Before that, he was narrowly beaten at first up at Caulfield at Group 3 level. I think we can be forgiving over that uh, that defeat at Flemington. He carried 59 kilos. It was his first run at 1,400. He was only second up, so he should have further improvement. Now, as I said, he has beaten Animo before as a two-year-old, so that clearly ties him in. But he's drawn terribly in gate 11, and therefore I think he'll go back. Animo drew eight, so I think Animo will be in front of him, and I'm just not sure he can take ground off Animo. Horse number three is the Snowden Colt, Captivant. Yeah, look, not a bad horse, to be honest. I mean, he's a group one winner, but 
he was beaten three and a half, three point eight in the run to the rose by Animo when sent out a seventeen dollar chance, and Animo had three lengths on him in the sires over this trip in the autumn. He's going to get the inside alley, and he's got Team Snowden, which are both big kicks. But I just again can't see him turning the tables on Animo when he's had three and three and a half on him in two meetings. Out in barrier thirteen is Halal for the Hawkstable. Ordinary first up at Mooney Valley, Barbs. Very ordinary. Got beat as favourite. Was then okay. Finished 0.6 of a length behind Artorias at Flemington. That was a better run. Now, we know that he's got Team Hawks in his corner, and we talk about all the time their ability to get horses to peak on their grand final day. Incidentally, it is grand final day this Saturday, Barbs. Um, but the reality is he was beaten 2.8 lengths by Animo in that size. He was beaten by Captivant in the Champagne and drawn the widest barrier. He's probably going to need to come back from last, so it's a no from me. Horse number five is the Waterhouse and Bot trained in the Congo. Yeah, this, as I said, sneaky chance, and particularly if allowed to run and dictate. We know that Gay likes to have her runners, or Guy, depending which side of the tracks you're from. Uh, likes to have, I think I'm the only one from that guy side of tracks, by the way. Uh, but she, she likes to have her right? runners. <laughs> Correct. She doesn't have to pronounce <laughs> her name. It's not my fault. Uh, you don't, no one lives in Gunda Gay, mate. It's Gunda Guy. Anyway, uh, look, hasn't come through the top line two year old races, but since becoming a three year old, has more than measured up. He was runner up in the Rosebud, uh, led all the way in the San Domenico, and then led all the way in the run to the Rose, where I said it before, Anima only picked him up inside the last 50 meters. Now, Animo does meet him a kilo and a half better at the weights here. Uh, and he's second up and, you know, in the Congo doesn't have that race fitness that he did. However, if in the Congo is given an easy lead on a track that potentially favours the leaders. Now, I don't know. It's just a potential to, to look at. This guy can be very hard to get past if they let him dictate. So I don't think he's without a hope. Um, but again, if all things are equal, Animo should beat him up. Bossy's on number six, Tiger of Malay for the Freedman Stable. Best win came over this trip, Bubs. Took out the BRC size in the winter um, and he beat Converge, who went on to bolt in the Group 1 JJ Atkins at its next start. Um, nothing wrong with his form uh, this prep either. He won the Group 3 up and coming, carrying 61 kilos. That's some effort. And then he was runner-up in the list of Dulcify. Gets barrier four, so Bossy should be able to give him every chance in the run. Um, I just think his best form has come in the races a rung below. Even that BRC size produce, that's not quite the form of Animo, et cetera, that's coming through. And he started the $10 chance in that size that Animo won. And obviously, you know, there were issues there, but he was 12 and a half lengths from Animo. So again, I just think he's another one that all things being equal, is going to struggle to beat the favourite. On to horse number seven, Remark, who was ridden by Hugh Bowman. No remarkable puns here from you, Barbs? No, I'm sadly not. I've <laughs> exhausted my supply of puns. Uh, you're still living off your shake it off one or shake it up, mate. Um, <laughs> now, look, he's the one, I think, if there's someone to turn the tables on Animo from the run to the rose, it might be this guy. He's always had a bit of a boom on him. He's had some really nice trials, and that has seen him as one to watch. Now, he's had four career starts. One of them was a dominant win. One, he was desperately unlucky. And the other two, he's run into Animo, and he has been beaten twice. Now, he did loom up to Animo like he was going to go past him in the straight in that run to the Rose, but then sort of died on his run where he didn't have the greatest of luck in running, jumping from a wide gate. He does now have to meet Animo worse the weights, but he's drawn gate five, Animo's gate eight. He'll be ahead of Animo at the turn, so now Animo has to get past him. I think he can, but we know that, again, I mentioned Hawks and their ability to peak one on grand final day. This is potentially this horse's grand final, and it wouldn't surprise me to see him peak. My question is... Was last start the one they actually wanted to win? I know it wasn't the group one for him, 
but they were out, they were outspoken about wanting to get this bloke into the Everest. He was crunched in betting on the day from sevens into threes or something like that. He had the weight pull on Animo. He had the race fitness. And I just wonder if that was the one they wanted to win. He's my a really good chance. But again, all things being equal, I think Animo can sort of track him into the race and, and be too strong late. Horse number eight is the Waller Colt Giannis, ridden by Kieran McAvoy. Runner-up in the Group 1, JJ Atkins, over the uh, in the Brisbane Winter Carnival, and then returned a winner in the listed Dulcify, Barbs. Now, Waller has had um, success with this method before. The Autumn Sun won the JJ Atkins and resumed over the same distance, 1,500 metres first up. He then dropped back to 1,400 metres second up to win this race a few years ago. We know that Waller take, takes his best two-year-olds to Queensland. He did it with the Autumn Sun. We saw it happen with September run last year. This bloke was one that was taken up there. However, he's drawn wide or one outside Animo. Therefore, I think he's going to be settling behind Animo unless he's ridden upside down and goes forward. And I just think, again, if he's giving Animo a start, I'm not sure he can run past him. Horse number nine is Royal Zell, ridden by Rachel King. Yeah, I have a bit of a bit of time for this horse, a pretty good opinion. He beat the older horses first up. Um, so that's always good for a three-year-old. And then finished just over half a length from Giannis, who we just spoke about in the Dulcify. Again, he's drawn barrier 12. He's going to have to ro- go right back unless they ride him upside down. I think he's going to be better over further than this when, I'm, when he's at the top grade races. And considering he's going to find it hard to beat Giannis, who I think is going to find it hard to beat Animo, he's probably uh, probably in the deep end of it. Waller Train Coast Watch is horse number 10. Interesting run of this. He was a good winner of the Ming Dynasty over this trip last time out. Can't knock that form. And before that, he was a narrow. He was narrowly defeated by Tiger of Malay in the up and coming. Now, Tiger of Malay, we've just spoken about. It was only 0.1 length. The thing here, though, is he now meets uh, Tiger of Malay at Malay at level weights when Tiger of Malay beat him, giving him eight kilos. Yes, he's drawn gate two, which we'll see him get every chance. But given he's got to meet Tiger of Malay eight kilos worse, and he's not, nothing from three starts at the track, I think this is going to be a bit hard. Horse number 11 is Cummings trained Moridan. I think it's Moridan. I'm not sure if it's Moridan or Miridan or whatever, but quite frankly, I don't really need to learn how to pronounce it because I think the only thing it'll be beating is the ambulance. <laughs> okay. Coming off a win in the Group 2 Furious Stakes is horse number 12, Jamea. Yeah, I like the X factor of this. Uh, has been racing against the girls, completely different form lines. I really liked her win in the Group 2 Furious last start. That was over 1,200 metres. She was last at the turn, flew home and beat them all. Now, some are knocking the three-year-olds, uh, the fillies this year, saying they're not very good. Well, to be honest, we haven't seen a dominant Colt come yet. Now, we liked Animo first up, but we've still got to see him do it here at, at Group 1 level. She might be able to set closer from Barrier 7 here, and you would think that being three-year-olds, the better Colts and Gelding should be able to beat a filly, but she at least brings an element of X, X factor, and I don't think she's without a hope. And finally, coming off a win at Dooman is Startontes. Uh, Fitzy, how are you liking the Queensland form for this race? Loving the Queensland form, mate. Put it straight on top for mine. Um, no, look, <laughs> again, different form. Um, not only is she a filly, but she also arrives from Queensland. As we know, I always talk about the, the New South Wales horses coming to, to Queensland and it's a better race for them. It's generally easier racing. So this is clearly a step up in class. I don't think she's hopeless, though, Barbs. She's won three in a row. Her wins have been dominant. And two starts back, she beat Alpine Edge, who is one of the boys. Alpine Edge then went on to start favourite in the Group 3 Guineas prelude at Caulfield on the weekend and ran well without luck. She will need to improve again, and I'm not tipping her, but if she was to win, she wouldn't be one where I fell off my chair and said, how the hell did that happen? 
Very good. All right, Fitzy, it's now time for you to give us your selections for the race and your $100 betting play. Probably no surprises with how I'm playing this, Barbs. Uh, on top, I've got horse number one, Animo. He is the clear horse to beat. If we get a fair track and, the, and he gets a, uh, luck in running, I just don't think they'll beat him. He's the M word as far as I'm concerned. Uh, remark for mine is the danger. He will be in front of Animo and he'll get every chance from gate five. So if Animo's posted wide or has to go too far back, I think Remark is the one that can, again, springboard. We know Team Hawks uh, can preak him on grand final day. In the Congo, I've got for third, mate. Um, again, based on the fact that he might get an easy lead of it, if they let him camp out and, uh, and kick off the turn, he will be hard to run down. And I'll put Jamea in for fourth just because she brings that form line. Um, look, whether she measured up against the boys or not, we're not sure. But the fact of the matter is, I think a lot of the boys are going to find it hard to beat Animo, whereas this girl, we're not sure of yet. Um, so Jamea in for fourth. And your $100 betting play? 100 bucks straight on the beak of Animo, please, mate. Uh, I, I do think it's a matter of how far, provided he gets luck. Uh, no surprising that Jack Fitzpatrick is confident. So there you <laughs> go. That was your runner-by-runner -runner preview for the G1 Golden Rose brought to you by ZBet in the zone. For Fitzy's full preview, head to punters.com.au.